Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. This is Max, I'm Mondo Neon. I'm with Maria Bredo and uh, award-winning New York-based contemporary art advisor. Uh, also has an exciting new book that just came out that we're going to talk about. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. And hello, everybody who's listening uh, from anywhere you are. Hi. Yeah, wonderful. And um, what's really unique about Maria's story is that she's not only she sort of jump started in the art world, but she also has a, a really strong um, presence in the book world as well. The book is called How Creativity Rules the World, and it's really about business and uh, other aspects around that as well. So um, did you kind of plan to, you know, in that sense, to, to make a book eventually? Was it what was sort of the thread between, you know, because you've been involved with advising on many different subjects, whether it be magazines or even, you know, different, uh, you know, art world events and things like that. Was there always sort of a moment in time where you're like, I'm going to make a book? You know, I've always been a writer. And um, while this is my first trade book, I have written other books in the past and catalogs. I have contributed essays uh, on different publications by independent and small, uh, you know, publishing houses and others as big as Simon & Schuster and McGraw-Hill. And so this book is published, my, my new book is published by HarperCollins and it was really a, a much needed book that I wanted to put out in the world to help people take their ideas out of their heads and put them out in the world and start somewhat getting into that space where they can trust that they can materialize their best ideas and also they can monetize them. And uh, there was this topic of creativity, creative thinking, inventing new things is very, very dear to me because I, I used to be a corporate attorney 13 years ago and I hated it. And I created a seven-figure business from scratch, not with a sugar daddy or a trust fund, just so you know, because people tend to confuse where I come from. Uh, nobody has handed me anything. I did this myself. And I... Um, I did it because of the power of my ideas, because I was so underutilized as an attorney. And honestly, I never wanted to be one. And as I dug into this world of art and artists, I realized that it was my time to really bring the best out of my ideas to the world. And anybody can do that in any field and anybody can change careers at any time and anybody can actually build a sustainable, important businesses and leave their contributions to the world. And if they are not into building businesses, whatever it is that they are into. And I think that for so long, the word creativity has just been attributed to artists or the word innovation, on the other hand, is almost like it only belongs to tech people and Elon Musk. And while I love Elon, actually, and people like that, that word means to make new and it's available to anybody who wants to make something new. So this was something that the book is incredibly meaningful to me because it was 13 years in the making, me gathering all the information, 
from artists, from entrepreneurs, from inventors, from business people, my own experiences as a business owner, and sort of like putting together this blueprint that makes this whole thing accessible. And, and it's not anymore this elusive concept, what is creativity? I wanted to make it tangible. And so that's the mission behind this book is to really make an impact in people's lives so they can actually start living from a place of creation. And it's, it's great too, because, you know, even when I was kind of just doing a little bit of the, the backstory of it in terms of what the book offers, you know, one of the favorite excerpts that I was able to get was, you know, the Puerto Rican uh, Arnoldo Rebel, which, you know, if nobody's listening, you know, the importance of all this is to say that you've actually have, you know, real pieces of artwork, both, you know, from living artists and, you know, past artists and the importance of, I guess the, the idea was, you know, in this relationship between this artist was that he was somebody who asked a lot of questions. And um, I just thought it brings up a lot of uh, really important historical events in these artists' lives, but also what the paintings offered and how they were able to sort of create uh, a sense of community around what they did, because a lot of those strategies that artists use, you know, even though they find themselves wondering, you know, okay, where, what inspires me? How do I get going? Is sort of the other half of it, which was sort of, you know, what am I going to do with my artwork, so to speak? Do you find you know, that a lot of artists that you meet, um, interestingly enough, have an easier time making the art than selling it, right? <laughs> well, listen, I am against the myth of the starving artist because it is simply not true. Um, people starve, whether you're an artist or not. And I mean, if you live in New York City, you can see people starving on the streets and they are not artists, okay? So here's the deal. If you are not talented as an artist, what I have seen is that those people hire other people who make the art and they have a whole team of people executing ideas, right? And that, that's the artist entrepreneur slash visionary. I have also seen people sh should have never been artists because they don't have the talent and they don't have the entrepreneurial vision. And then I have hundreds of friends who are artists very nimble operations. They are making seven and eight figures every year. And why is that? Because they are also very entrepreneurial and they know how to do that and leverage that. Okay. And so I feel like I, it's very cringy to me, the starving artist thing, because again, I've, I've known dentists who starve because they aren't that good and they don't know how to market their practices. And, you know, like life is tough and creativity is, is also part of how do you market your, your, practice what you put out there, how hard you work on thinking the ways that you are differentiating yourselves from others, right? And so, um, and throughout history, you know, for some reason, people sort of like tend to focus more on the tragedy of a guy like Van Gogh who was schizophrenic and committed suicide and really died without the recognition of his genius. But if you think about the mental health situation of someone who was so crazy to kill himself and lived on a completely you know, bipolar world, then obviously you're gonna gather the information that supports that claim and not the one that supports the claim that Picasso was born in a family that had no money. And he built a, you know, his state, the, the, when he died, his personal fortune was 
valued at $500 million in 1973. That is $2.9 billion today. So people tend to think, oh, but he was rich. Oh, but he was white. I mean, like at that time, those issues did not exist because this guy was definitely European. But, you know, it was not a world where people were like saying this didn't happen to me because you know, because of white privilege, or this didn't happen to me because of black privilege, or this didn't happen to me because, you know, so like, there is always a tendency on focusing on the negative, rather than actually seeing that it is possible, that the possibilities are endless, and that everybody has a skill set, a specific, you know, set of talents, that can actually show your purpose, your passions, the things that you're good at. But those things, and I also a lot of people who are really, really very smart, and those people without creativity will never amount to much. This is something that also one of my writer heroes, who is Walter Isaacson, who's written the biographies of Steve Jobs, Leonardo da Vinci, Einstein has put together like he's really one of my heroes and he also backs this up he says smart people are great but without creativity they never really can change the world they never really can do the greatest things because creativity is all about pliability curiosity pivoting something doesn't work you do something else something is right now you know stuck then you shift a little bit you shift gears you look in different pockets you stay open you look around you know you're engaged and so this uh to me that's why creativity rules the world because we live in a time where things are automatic where artificial intelligence is excellent and is replacing a lot of people. And so how do you make yourself indispensable in a way that nobody can replicate your ideas, what you do, the way you see things, the solutions that you find? And look, as a business owner, and the same thing is for an artist who is a business owner, you know, artists own their practices and run them in ways where they, you know, they have to pay taxes. In many cases, they employ people. They have to buy materials. They have to cooperate and collaborate with many different entities from galleries to brands and things like that. It's, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, artists think and operate outside of their realm of possibility because that, that's what artists do. You paint, you sculpt, you create film or ideas that defy what it is to be in this world, right? If you wanna paint a giraffe that is blue, that may not exist in reality, but it does in my painting because I do not have to be bound by rules of reality. And that may call someone's attention. And that may be, uh, you know, the opening line for a theater play or something like that. So that is what I'm constantly after is there are so many amazing ways of being an artist, there are so many different amazing ways to capitalize. If you're not an artist, there are so many ways, you know, in this world to bring what you uniquely do. And people stay stuck in very, very old paradigms, including the starving artist. Yeah. Well, the realization too, that, you know, there is this sort of singular person, right? Acting behind, you know, on their own behalf to create all of these things. I often struggle with sort of 
creating this uh, message to make sure that people realize that, you know, you're only sort of one touch point away from realizing your goal, whether it be professional or career work, uh, you know, this uh, really helps kind of give people at least the notion that there are other possibilities of getting things made. Um, you know, and why not get further than that than using, you know, what they inherently have, which is their own creativity, which, you know, you either have money or time you can spend on a project. And so, you know, the idea is that, you know, examples of this for artists, you know, is there something they could do to employ, you know, what you think of as creatively being in your book? Um, are there any real world examples that you think artists right now could, you know, do in this sense that are listening? Is there something that maybe like a piece of advice? You know, for the most part, a lot of the examples. So here's how my book is structured. Each chapter has a variety of real life examples from people that I have worked with, artists that I have worked with directly who are alive, um, except Arnaldo, who died of cancer three years ago, who you mentioned. There are historical examples that are very important because it's the thread of how a habit or an attitude worked 500 years ago and it works the same today. It is a very different world, but it's about that human habit and that attitude. And the other examples in each of the chapter are entrepreneurial. They have to do with my business or they have to do with other businesses that I admire like Apple or Tesla or uh, Estee Lauder and things like that. And so it all sort of, puzzles together the idea of entrepreneurship, creativity, and artistry that to me are very, very intertwined. And so artists are the ones who taught me really how to come up with more ideas, not because I sat on a classroom and they were teaching me, but because I was observing how they operate. Now, if I ask any of my artist friends how do you come up with your ideas? They usually do not have a way of explaining those things because artists are a lot in their heads because they are artists who are used to doing things in a certain way for a long time. And so those things are second nature to them, right? Those are the things that are in the book is you think like an artist, you think like an entrepreneur, and then your habits, your actions, the way you live match the way you think, right? And, the, and your beliefs. And so if artists are listening, I think you already have all these things. And if you do not, please go get the book because so, you know, the, the, the asking the questions and the curiosity is a fundamental part of anybody who wants to really take their ideas to the next level, right? Because usually people take things for granted. People take things at face value because they don't have time or because they don't have curiosity or because they are apathetic or whatever, right? So if you don't keep asking questions, you're never really going to get more interesting answers. So if you find a piece of news that you do not feel that is 100% true, well, just found the counter, right? Like, but find it, find that counter and look for real sources that can confirm your hypotheses. Or, you know, if you are an artist and you're questioning certain things regarding, you know, what is your art speaking? Is it giraffes or is it, uh, you know, racial tensions or is it, uh, an income, you know, gap in the United States, or is your your are talking about historical 
disparities between Native Americans and the history of the United States, the way it has been taught in school, you know, like, what is it that you want to talk about always comes with questions, the best artists, the best entrepreneurs are always and constantly asking questions. So that's one of the things that I not only recommend that to artists, but to everybody, right, to follow that kind of the child curiosity, when people ask, uh, you know, what would you tell to your 15 year old? I actually say that the question is wrong. What would my 15 year old tell me? Because, you know, that's the time where I was the most curious, the most, you know, dying to really see the world and thirsty and never to know for an answer, right? And so find that little child and, and, kind of revive it and you know again like artists have been the greatest inspiration for me in in the sense of showing me how they operate their businesses and their practices and you know artists are people who spend a lot of time in silence and that is something that most people don't people want noise people want distractions People want to be looking at their phones all the time or listening to music while at the same time cooking and trying to, you know, like answer an email. And those are things that they take people away from their best ideas because the brain has not a single chance to actually process the information, let it simmer and come up with something that bubbles, you know, on the surface of the brain after. So thus, those are things that my observations of working in the art world for the past 13 years have brought to my life. And I happen to marry them, uh, you know, with, with the business aspect, which to me is so important. It, it really is important to, to make money and to be able to get compensated for your ideas is one of the most important things that I want to convey with this book. It's not a book about arts and crafts and cutouts. It's a book about really taking the whole creativity concept as serious as it is in the sense that it is the most important skill for anybody in this world to survive in whatever business, in whatever practice, whatever it is that you do. And I'm not the only one who says that, but I'm, you know, repeating it again. And I hope to convey that and to be able to give a path for people to come back time and again to that book when they are feeling stuck or they are feeling that something's missing. So to get that little boost of energy from those pages. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and it's, I think it goes back to sustainability. You know, I think a lot of artists really struggle to kind of keep things going. And, and I think, you know, as dramatic as it sounds, I mean, it is that simple, sort of the devils and the details. I think um, your ability to spot new business opportunities is really uh, key to that, but also, you know, um, just being able to, you know, settle on an idea and really think about it before sort of doing it, like sort of what is the point of, of the act that you're going to be performing, whether it be a book or a business or whatever it is, but really kind of ask that question, right? Like what's, what's, what is it about? Um, which is powerful, which is why I think everybody should really definitely go get this book because it really does speak to um, a lot of different people, not just artists, but you know, anybody who's interested in um, creating, you know, a vision. So 
Um, you mentioned fostering diversity, which is really important, but also um, partnerships, which is, is, is powerful. You know, I'm always talking about how people can combine their ideas to make something special. Um, but essentially, it all starts with, you said in the book, empathy. It's something that we talk about on the show a lot. Um, you know, have you seen certain artists really uh, do really well in this regard? Because again, it, it really depends on the artist, sort of the selfish artist. But I think a lot of artists, the best ones, um, tend to be ones that do incorporate other ideas or other people. Well, I mean, I think there are two separate things uh, in what you said. One is collaboration and association of ideas. So collaboration, it's important because you always, I mean, competition, it's fine, but collaboration is where it's at. Collaboration is where people merge their ideas with others and come up with something that is greater, right? And it's not for every artist and it's not for everybody, but it is a very important part of creativity to explore when you start taking what others who are incredible as well and what they can bring to your world and what you can bring to their worlds. And so amazing things can happen. So the other thing is the association of different ideas and the combination of things that come from different worlds, right? And obviously, Nothing is 100% creative because everything has already been invented. It's how each one of us give a particular project, business, idea, piece of art, film, whatever you call it, our own spin. And that is because we are always mixing and matching things. The most interesting things and in, in the most creative spaces is when someone comes up with something that was unexpected, right? And that is when, you know, you bring something from history, for example, and you add a, a completely contemporary spin on, on that. Or, you know, when, when you really take something that is a common place object from every day and you place that object in a space or in a place or somewhere where nobody would ever expect to see that, which is, wow, is the surprise, right? And so this association of seemingly disparate things is a very fertile space for creativity. And now the part of the empathy is very important in business are obviously in art because when you are an artist you're both expressing your inside obviously and but you also want to bring the audience or the viewer in as an invitation to your world and so it's almost like it's the same channel in a way but it has to there is this subtle fine line between the two of them, right? And so empathy in business is so important because you want to make sure you understand what your customers want. You wanna make sure you understand what your clients want because otherwise you're never really gonna be successful. And it is a part of creativity, it's part of being creative to be wanting to be flexible, right? Like the flexibility, the pliability, when something is not working, you have to look, why is this not working? Are we not really paying attention to our clients? Or are we actually trying to get 
something to the wrong people, right? I mean, and that is also part of how do you pay attention to what's happening outside in the world? And obviously with art, to be able to communicate with others, you have to have that level of empathy and, and that is so important, you know? Otherwise it's just a completely selfish, closed out space where nobody can get in. And I guess nobody wants that. It's my guess, but you know, the world is vast and people do things in whatever way they think it's best. But I mean, from TV series to, you know, greatest movies in history, they are all about empathy. I think it's a great way to sort of end the conversation, but to let people know more, definitely please go check uh, Maria's book, How Creativity Rules the World. And to be honest, what's the best place to, to people go pick it up? Like where, where can they support you? Well, it is on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Bookshop that actually, if you guys don't know, bookshop.org benefits the independent bookstores in the United States. And so that is a great resource if you are anti-Amazon. Uh, the book is in three formats. is hardcover. There is an ebook on Amazon. And there is an audiobook on Audible too. And I think other platforms have the audiobook as well, like Libro FM and things like that. So you can really grab a copy. You know, also Target and Walmart have the book. And uh, if you're in the South, Books a Million has the book as well. So it's it's very easy to find. It's, all over. <laughs> it's very easy to find. Uh, I'm not, I don't sell the book. Um, as I said at the beginning, it's printed by and published by HarperCollins. So it does have very, very wide distribution. But, you know, for purposes of convenience, you can have it uh, delivered to your doorstep from Amazon if that is like your cup of tea. <laughs> That's great. Well, I am no, always no. a little concerned about how I, I talk about Amazon because I, I really like the business, but I know it has a lot of um, anti Amazon friends, so more enemies. So whatever. Yeah. Well, we, we we're really happy to support the book and obviously the show has, has been better for it. A lot of people are really excited to hear what you have to say. So thank you for uh, participating. And, and clearly the book is going to be a success. I know it is because it's really based on a, a passionate conversation between, you know, art and in the world. And I think we need more of that. So thank you for, for being a part of the show. No, thank you for inviting me. I mean, it's my pleasure and I hope everybody can really step deeply into all their creative faculties. Everybody really is creative and it's just about exercising habits and attitudes every day. And that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up and as always, thanks for listening.